0: This is how not good of a sport Mike is. Ah. Oh, that's a little bit better. I keep trying to trick him to make dirty, dirty man sounds while the show begins, and he muted himself to ensure that, <laughs> that he couldn't be <laughs> tricked. Um. Well, you fooled again. So I think you uh, you won that round, my friend. I was not prepared for that. I found that. I win all the rounds with you.
1: You're um, like a fucking toddler.
0: So, but if I'm winning the rounds with the toddler stuff, then I've won the round of the toddler.
1: Now you're not. You're even bad at that.
0: That's right. You weren't ready for that, were you?
1: I was. That's why I had a quip for it. You know what a quip is, Joe?
0: Yeah, it's going to be my foot in your ass. Um, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Off the Post, <laughs> which is a show name that I created because I'm super smart. Did you ever um, have
1: Velcro shoes as a kid? When did when did kids start? I'm trying to
0: think. I, had, I had both Velcro shoes. and Light Up shoes at the same time. Wow. Which was fucking cool. Did you, do you ever remember have those... light up shoes?
1: Yeah, man. Do you remember the pumpy shoe where
0: I never had, but I do remember. Yeah, I
1: never had them. I had the light up shoes.
0: I feel like that was always for basketball kids. Where you could like pump the shoe up to make it tighter. Yeah, it was cool. So uh...
1: not a lot of not a lot of shoe gimmicks anymore, though what is it, the wasn't there a shoe that you could like order pizza with? The fuck are you talking about?
0: Like Pizza Hut has a shoe that you can click a button on the tongue of the shoe, and you could order pizza.
1: Um, you could be making it up. You could be telling the truth. I'm not. I don't that. think I'm making it up. I know that there's a there's an entire brand of shoe. What the hell it's called it's like can kang- it's something it's based on kangaroos. It's shoes that have like zippers and like little pockets on them.
0: Okay. I mean that's something. That's, that's something not that's as cool fun. as a shoe that like orders pizza. And
1: I've had flip flops before where the bottom of it there's a bottle opener for but then you're putting your filthy fucking flip flop on top of a on top of a drink.
0: I guess
1: get it together, shoe designers. You cobblers.
0: Uh, just we should there should be a shoe that you could press like the tongue of the shoe and it just starts playing bantering the blue shirts. How's that I've, sound?
1: It sounds fun to me. We don't have that kind of technology, Joe.
0: Well, we'll create it. We'll create the technology. We have a shitload of questions, so we should probably get to those. Um, Questions. Remember that you can send questions in every day by using the hashtag bantering points, um, and you should do that. Phil, not our Phil. Tweets by Phil. Phil, what are your initial feelings on Hayek at the NHL level considering what has generally been an understatement outstanding season. I think he means, uh, underwhelming. Um, it's hard to answer this question. It's been two games. He's looked fine. If he could look like that forever, that would be wonderful. But you're going to really get an answer about Hayek as the year progresses and really next year. Cause you need, you need a long look as much as if he would have shit the bed out of the gate the past two years, um, or the past two games, I think we'd, we, Mike and I would be here like, Hey, listen, you know, take a minute and kind of see, let's take some time and see what the deal is. And, uh, yeah, that has not been the case to this point, Michael.
1: Yeah. It's the small sample size is my biggest takeaway with that being said, he has made a couple of little plays, um, particularly in his own zone when, when he's in a tough spot where I've been impressed by what he's been able to do. And it's definitely comforting after, you know, some of the numbers we, we've seen out of the AHL and his performance there in Hartford. Uh, I, listen, there's something important to keep in mind about Libor Hayek, and that is, is he where everyone wanted him to be a year ago when he was this crucial part of that Ryan McDonough trade? No, I, I, it's and it's not controversial to say no to say no to that it also doesn't mean that he's a bust and like calling a kid who's 20 years old a bust is is preposterous you can you can say boy i wish we would see more out of that kid much like i can say you know the rangers just signed joey Keane to an entry-level contract and you know looking at rangers prospects numbers a lot more this season than i have in seasons past i can say boy it's good that the rangers have someone like joey Keane in the prospect pool but you know what i wish his numbers were a lot better this season uh you know especially after he was traded to london and that doesn't mean he's a bad prospect it just means you would expect to see better numbers uh, and that was the case with libor hayek in the hl and that's the case with uh, joey Keane, and you know in the ohl now looking at you know with this first two games of Libor Hayek, you know, he has a penalty, he has a couple of shots on net and uh, he's been on the ice for one goal for and one goal against at 5 on 5. We just don't have a lot of don't have a lot to do. He, like he's done a good job, looking good with the eye test, but not all the time. Uh, just like any you'd expect any 20-year-old defenseman to have those kind of bumps in this game. The best thing he can do really is play in a way where it's like oh he's not making glaring mistakes and thus far i haven't seen anything too devastating in terms of you know his play especially in the defensive zone and anything that he does with the puck that looks like he's making a play is just gravy at this point because i feel like the expectations for that side of his game have uh, come back down in a, in a significant way based on you know just the five assists in the AHL and you know the how kind of underwhelming those numbers looked but yeah you know it's still early that's the the biggest takeaway very early for libra
0: hayek david l singer who does john gilmore have to murder to get called up to the bigs well i don't know if he necessarily needs to murder somebody um but i do find it interesting that that gilmore has not been selected as one of the call-ups um I get why the Rangers are, are kinda not focusing on him because I guess there's a belief that he's not necessarily part of the next coming, if you will, like the next wave of prospects who will be on the NHL level. But um he's had a fantastic, fantastic year in the AHL this year. So I don't know. I don't know. At this point I'm gonna say if he he's not coming up. That's what I'm gonna tell you
1: that's that's what i the general impression i get unless there's an injury because you know there was only so much space created now we have freddie clayson uh being scratched the thing that's kind of disappointing for gilmore is uh you know he he is waivers exempt uh you know per cap friendly so the fact that he hasn't really gotten this opportunity um you know the beginning of the season i remember saying like oh man chris beakers has, you know had a great start in terms of production and you know, as a guy who you know is at a stage of his career where you know it was kind of his one of the last years he can really prove that he can be an NHL defenseman, um, and then like so many players on Hartford, his numbers fell off a cliff, and uh, he was not waivers exempt though, so I was not surprised that he didn't get that uh, that call up. But you know, with with the season that John Gilmore's had in the NHL, I mean, God, kid's been pretty good, uh, and I know he's not truly a kid; he's 25, so you know he's he's older than a lot of guys on the Rangers. Uh, you know, he's, he's The
0: Rangers are very young right now. That's yeah, the answer to that question. Yeah,
1: he's Mika Zibanejad's age. Uh, yeah. So he's not quite a kid. He's the same age as Ryan Strom and Jimmy Vesey and Zibanejad. Not a kid. But with all that being said, you, you deserve to get a look. The problem is the logjam. Honestly, David, that's the problem. There's so many guys in the way. If the Rangers didn't sign Freddie Clayson, if they didn't make that trade for Adam McQuaid, um, I feel like it would be a different story but that's not what happened so i wouldn't be surprised if you know gilmore's time in new york is in some way limited if you know they make a, a lateral all. trade or you know if at all but you know he's he's a ufa at the end of the season let it's something to think about
0: well yeah adam furlong i am very much against trading Kreider. But if you're going to shop him at the draft and the Avs have the first overall pick, assume that's – this is me speaking now. Assume that's the Ottawa pick. um, And the Rangers have the sixth and they get the first from Tampa Bay. What package of Kreider slash picks nets you the first overall from Colorado? Would you make the trade? I'm not sure if anything – like, Kreider does not have value in that sense to Colorado. There's far more value for Colorado to take Jack Hughes. Um Crider's not going to get shipped for the first over. Normally, you don't move a guy like Kreider for a high-end pick unless a contending team somehow has a first-round pick from a shitty team because one year of Kreider is not going to move the needle enough for Colorado to pass on Jack Hughes.
1: It's also worth saying that those trades, to trade up for the first-round pick, they just don't happen. Like. It's, it's very rare to see those the people move up in the first 10 rounds, uh, I mean the 10 picks of the draft, let alone for the first overall pick. I know it's, it's sexy and it's attractive and it's fun to think about it. and you say to yourself like, well, what would I give up Crider for? And you think like, oh, you know, a Capo Caco or a Jack Hughes, hell yeah. But the thing is, it just doesn't happen. Why would Colorado want to do that deal? If they're going to get a generational talent or if they're going to get a guy who's going to be a franchise player like one of those guys is bound to be if not both of them really because you know there's some talk about how much Kaka was really kind of closing the ground on Hughes according to some uh, prospect experts so I mean does Kreider fit here with the rebuild I think he does Um, we've gotten a great idea of how well he's played under Quinn we know that this team can't Literally, it can't all be kids. Um, does that mean the Rangers shouldn't listen to offers? Of course not. They're going to have to listen to offers. They're also going to try and figure out how to. He's a guy they need to re sign because you look at what where this organization is right now and what they need. And it's pretty clear now that, you know, this would be. Next season, I think, would be a good season to name a new captain. And. Chris Kreider is the top candidate in my book, uh, you know, especially with Zuccarello gone. And to me, Zuccarello was always kind of a dark horse compared to Kreider. But Kreider is that guy. He's that special of a player. The Rangers can afford to give him maybe more than some, some fans might be comfortable with just because of how much cap space they're going to have. And he's a special player. Uh, he would bring back a special trade package. But right now,
0: I don't think he's going anywhere. Hmm. I don't think well I don't think so either I know I mean the Rangers will inevitably shop him just to do their due diligence but it w- it would have to be a blow away offer and the first overall pick would absolutely be a blow away offer but Colorado's not offering that for um for Crider Hockey musings do you think part of the reason Leah Anderson has struggled slightly is because his style of the game is more physical and gritty and he needs to get stronger and gain that quote man strength I see him similar to a Brendan Gallagher type, compete, do anything to win. Uh, I think part of Anderson's struggles are Anderson, again, the Rangers, they just have this way about them of overhyping some of these, these decisions. And Lea Anderson is a fine prospect. I think we can all agree. We've we've rehashed the nonsense over and over again. We don't need to keep doing that. I, I think Anderson can he bulk up a little bit. Sure, but I don't think Anderson's game is a gritty physical game. Uh, I think Anderson is is just your prototypical second line center, and that's fine. But that forces you to get over the fact that he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a first line center.
1: it's it's interesting to bring up the comparison of brendan gallagher to me because you know gallagher plays wing and that's not where leas is um you know there are centers that are on the smaller side like leas is that have you know kind of a um you know i'm a hustle guy i'm gonna work my tail off that are successful second line centers and there are guys who filled that first line role in other places it doesn't typically last very long um but I've I, I don't feel like physicality is as important to his game as his motor and hockey sense. And the problem I think we've seen is he's one of those guys who's just having trouble adjusting um to the NHL level game and that could be for a litany of reasons. The bottom line is like I don't I don't litany. know enough. I just don't know enough to kind of pass judgment there. But what I can say is you know, it's important we mention this with Hayek. It's, it's, it's super early. He's still a kid. We know what number hangs over his head. You know, he's never going to be able to escape that, you know, how high he was drafted. Uh, that's not on him. All that needs to happen with Leah Sanderson is that the, the Rangers turn him into an NHL player. If they don't do that, that's not on Leah Sanderson. That's on the Rangers organization. I'm not that concerned yet.
0: Mike coming in from the top rope. The turnbuckle. Um, Fish Jesus, you're my man. I just want to name your name. You asked the same question about Hayek, so um, we're going to skip over that one. He also asks, what do you think of the current deployment of the kids, specifically Heath Elias and Howden? Um... Again, now that we have a little bit more clarity, we kind of know what Quinn is looking for. Howden, I kind of think has been overused, believe it or not, but I'm not complaining about it because he's a kid. Um, Hiedel, I think has been underused. and Leus, I think has probably been used properly. So it's
1: tough. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's been it's only been really three games since the deadline, Joe. Right, and so it feels like I I don't want to. Etch a sketch everything we've seen before the deadline in terms of Quinn and, and the deployment of kids, but I've liked what we've seen thus far in terms of Buchanavich getting an opportunity. I like, um, you know, I could maybe do without Jimmy VC on the first line, but I also understand why he's there. Um, I understand why, you know, Brett Howden was out of the lineup for so long, and I understand, like, why he's back where he is. Uh, I was not, at, at first, I was, I think, really you know like oh he's scratching hedel but you know like it came from a place where hedel understood it and it was and the thing that quinn has done a good job with is when he does scratch guys he it's kind of he makes it known like yeah you know he knows this we're talking about it he needs it the work ethic needs to be better he needs to be better and something hedel admitted to and that's a positive thing and i've been thinking more and more about like doing those those moments where you take a kid and you sit him, sit him out a game or two that can contribute to player development. It, it might sound counterintuitive, but it's part of the game. It's part of being a pro. And sometimes it's I think it can be beneficial to watch the game from afar. Um, you're still practicing with this team. You're still practicing under the coach. And ultimately, you know, I wrote about this for the banter, like this is David Quinn's Rangers. So these kids have to find a way to kind of pass his test. Um, whatever that is whatever his requirements are and I'm sure it's different for different guys Like he's going to be asking a lot different things of yes for fast than he is of a Um with all that being said I Just feel like we need a little bit more Post-deadline games to really get an idea of what he's doing with the kids I know that's kind of a cop-out or a sidestep for for your question. I apologize uh, If it, if you perceive it that way, you know, I, I just feel like it's it's such a tough call to make for me Um, because we we haven't seen a lot to go on. You know, and there's there's a lot of anecdotes. There's a lot of cases of like, how great has it been to see what, you know, Tony D'Angelo has been, you know, since post deadline. I just checked five on five ice time. He's leading the team five on five ice time second place is mark Stahl, and like that's kind of a good microcosm of what we're dealing with here under quinn is you have these things like oh i want to see that and then you look again you say well i definitely don't want to see that and then the next thing you say is like oh i'm, I'm pretty good with that and it's you know it's kind of a case by case thing and that's kind of where things are right now we need a little bit more a little bit more I little more games to get an idea of where the kids are and what opportunities they have and this isn't the same as last year's deadline joe right where fucking everyone got traded And so you had half of the Hartford Wolfpack up here. And so we got those extended looks at Pionk and Gilmore. You know, we had those extended looks at guys. It's, it's It's a different animal this year.
0: A different animal? All right, Mike, I like this question a lot. I want you prepared for it. Eric Carlson, we're having a date night. What are you cooking for me? Bonus points. What special drink are you giving me to make things more relaxed? What drink can you make, Michael? Let's start there. What drink would you what, select?
1: Uh, my go-to drink is amaretto on the rocks.
0: Amaretto on—I hate almonds. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to impress you. F- Flavor.
1: This is not about you. This is it's about not. Well, you better hope
0: salad. Eric Carlson likes that. Okay, my, I guess if we're going that way, I'm going to make him a Manhattan, a delicious Manhattan. What is your go-to meal, Mike? the The special date night selection for him.
1: Steak. Uh, potatoes, baked potatoes, and asparagus.
0: I'm going to make my braised short rib penne pasta. Make it in the Dutch oven, cook up some short ribs, you cook them in delicious wine and beef stock, you have a little bit of tomato in there, You, you fucking, you, uh, immersion blender the whole thing, and then you use it as a sauce on top of deliciously fresh cooked pasta.
1: You know what I'm gonna do for you, Eric Carlson, is I'm gonna let the food talk for itself, and I wanna hear from you on our special date.
0: I don't need to sell my food like I'm some sort of food whore. You know what I'm going to do for you, Eric Carlson? I'm not going to be a huge jerk face. That's what I'm not going to do. We could watch the Rangers and have fun and you can talk to me about what it's like having the same name as Eric Carlson, especially being a hockey fan. Um, although our Eric Carlson spells it with a C. Eric Carlson, the hockey player, spells it with a K. So, um... I also make a great meatball, fantastic meatball. Good I'm sure chicken you do parm. so
1: mu- Tell them about all the other things you do so great, Joe.
0: Some good garlic bread, Caesar salad. You know what? Enough I'm of it. I'm a humorful. listener, Eric. All you I do is hurt to you, me. And I, I want to S- talk about how you feel today. Sports guy 345. With the passing day, of I'm going to take my hand. I'm going to smack you right in the throat. With the passing of this trade deadline, it's clear the rebuild is going to be a long-term project and not as quick as anticipated. Should we expect the Rangers to take on some teams' bad contracts this offseason to gain draft capital or prospects? Um, They're sort of in the window of beginning to compete again. So, it all depends on
1: that free agency market and Artemi Panarin, and, and
0: apparently the Rangers are going to be active on it.
1: Yep. It, I really don't see them taking on, uh, like, a Bobby Ryan contract or, you know, now I think Ottawa's just going to hold on to that contract because they're just... They're just a, a submarine that's lost the
0: ability to, to breach. And go to surface. It's a submarine so, that's lost, like, the ability to yeah. move. Yeah, it but can it's only still, go down. Um, you can't go up at all. Dive, like, dive, dive! Run into and things. That's, that's
1: all they have. So um, there is, you know, the, the cap space is there, and that's fascinating. The other thing that's fascinating, I think, is how much talent is there in this free agent free agency market. And, yeah, it is it is something that I think we have to acknowledge just because of who's there and how much, you know, how many times, you know, the Rangers were talked about with Eric Carlson, how many times the Rangers have been talked about uh, with Artemi Panarin. I don't think the Rangers should pursue Eric Carlson as, even though I definitely believe he's the best defenseman in the league. uh, Just Joe and I have talked about this before. I like him a lot more with two ankles than 1.5 ankles. And, um, the injury history is significant. Um, I feel like if the Rangers got Eric Carlson, uh, if nothing else we would just have the most adorable friendship blossom that already exists between Hank and Eric Carlson and really that would be worth several hundred million dollars but um it's that's tough we have to see what happens with the free agency because you know the Rangers did take on Matt Bolesky. um that was you know that was kind of fits into that mold of Uh, them agreeing to take on those contracts like that. And um, that was kind of, it was not a usual thing for the Rangers to find themselves in that scenario where they're willing to take on those contracts, Joe. But other than that, you know, there's not, I I just, I look at this roster and I say to myself, you know, there, it is, the thing is, it is a couple big pieces and depth away, but there's a lot here to, to feel comfortable about, especially if we continue to see the sort of play We've seen from guys like D'Angelo and, you know, if, if guys like Hedel and, and Leah Anderson and Booch really come into their own. And, you know, if, if the Rangers, you know, continue to kind of, you know, get the same sort of play they're getting out of Mika and Kreider, then they might not be as far away as some people who are pessimistic about the rebuild might think they are. I still think it's going to be two seasons, um, from, from the start, you know, from now, but that's just my my wild guess just based on what the organization has because the other thing that's important to remember with when you the rangers didn't get a lot of prospects this time joe at the deadline and when you get prospects you're definitely getting the prospect teams are willing to sell however you're also getting players who are just generally far closer to being nhl ready um because when you're in the draft you're talking 18 year olds you're talking 17 year olds and 19 year olds sometimes and That's just, those kids can be two or three years away. And so that will make the rebuild feel a lot longer.
0: Well, the rebuild, it's not over, but it's certainly... Coming to its close, the Rangers are—they've done the big fire sale. There's no one. There's no other big names to move on from at this point. Now it's the building part of things. You, you've already broken it down. Really, the only big name left would be Kreider. You might see Nemestikov traded in VC, and um, I guess on a like a smaller probability level, Shattenkirk. But you're not necessarily going to see these enormous shifts in in the trajectory of the team again. So. Just something to keep in mind as we sort of move forward, and um, I, I don't think the rebuild is, if anything, if the Rangers are as active in free agency as they they're claiming to be through the media, uh, it is going to be not so much rebuilding for that long. Anthony Del Giante, that's a great name. Uh, what is your one week assessment of Lemieux? I we talked about this a little bit on the flagship show. I'll say it again. Uh, I've been impressed, but again, I'm going into this with the expectation that he is a third line winger at best, and maybe a fourth line winger. So that there's nothing to. As long as you go in with that type of a, a mindset, he should be exceeding expectations. Would you not say, Michael? He's
1: he's an agent provocateur. It's uh he's good at what he does. He knows his role. Um, I feel like he's still young enough where maybe we can see him you know add something else to his game uh i'm hoping that something else is the ability to generate offense uh because he does know how to go harder than net does know how to get pucks on net and those are great things to see uh what i would like to see him do more is be able to make this the little plays that matter in the neutral zone uh the way to to contribute to the transition game and to do stuff uh that isn't just getting in people's faces and drawing penalties even though that has its value in its own right
0: Oh, Mike just coming in hot. That's all. Coming in as hot as Lemieux in a scrum. Panerwin 2020 Hey, Joe. Not Mike. Ha, 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 ha. Joe is easily the best one on the podcast. And that is the best... Or it could have said, hey, Mike and Joe, one of those two. Um, With the likelihood of the Rangers not picking in the top three and ending up somewhere between 5 to 10, who do you think the Rangers think they have a realistic shot at landing with their lottery pick at the draft this year? Um, This is more of a discussion that's going to have to focus around where the Rangers pick. I, I think... I think it's Trevor Zegras is how you pronounce his name. Uh, I think he's, he just feels like a guy that would be a very New York Rangers pick. And it would be a good pick for where they are. But I'm looking at the standings right now. The Rangers are two points away from being fifth or sixth from the bottom. So there's some work to do in that regard. But the Rangers are very much in having the lottery balls kind of ping pong their way. And that's more than really could be said for last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because we talk so much about um, you know how much how much this organization needs to address uh, its lack of depth, and lack of skill on the wing. Um, yet, even with that being said, someone like Trevor Zagris, uh is I feel like he's a guy they're going to be looking at just because he's going to be there outside that top three almost certainly. Um, and you know, I feel like unless unless something really I don't know. Maybe, maybe they maybe they want Byram. Um, you know, it, it's it, there's a lot to consider in terms of who they need um, and where. And depending on where that pick is, there's a big difference between like the luxury of choosing between two guys and the and the reality of just saying we're just going to take the best player on the board, the best player available. And of course, that's a perfectly valid and often the right way to draft. Right? This, this is the guy who we think's the best. That's what we're going to do. Um, you know obviously sometimes teams fall in love with players and they say you know this is the guy we want we're going to move heaven and earth to to see if we can get that done but uh, it's where the Rangers are going to end up in the standings is so tricky it's something I've been keeping a close eye on Um, you know it's you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now Joe and they're they're fourth in the East and that's that's encouraging Uh, the, the problem is if the rangers were in the western conference right now i think they'd only be six points out of a wild card spot that's because you know edmonton chicago vancouver anaheim los angeles all those teams have fewer points than the rangers um and that's a lot of teams and obviously as we said before ottawa's not going anywhere ottawa's going straight to the bottom uh, rangers were 3-4-3 and three in their last 10 and that's you know that's it's it's good in terms of tanking, but that three points at the end, those those extra points, uh, those the shootout losses and overtime losses, they've they've definitely added up this year. The Rangers have eleven times they have lost an OT or the shootout, and
0: such a waste I, of points.
1: I know it just for a team that is you know that is kind of it's general it's general knowledge that it's in the Rangers' best interest not to do well. Um, it, it stings that they have that many of those points. You know, compared to Ottawa, they have five. Um, and the Rangers have won four more games than Ottawa, so you'd say, oh, you know, they can close the gap, but that's another six points that separates them. And that's why, you know, that's that's why Ottawa is where it is in the standings. The Rangers are where they are. It's... It's all those extra points. Uh, losing in OT and losing in the shootout. and It would be OT's. such a
0: different conversation if the Rangers, even half of those games, did not go to overtime. It
1: would, wouldn't it? It would be a radically it different would, conversation.
0: We'd be talking like, Jack Hughes, here we fucking go. And yeah. now we're like, well, we kind of hope. You
1: know. And the, the real thing is, it, it, to me, it's, it's funny because I look at like how many times did Georgiev or Lundqvist drag this team in OT with their play. And... It's it's almost a, it's interesting to me because we haven't maybe spent as much time talking about it as we should but like Jorgets just been so great this season like I don't know what expectations were for a lot of people but he's definitely surpassed mine like it, and it's not just a huge game here or there like he, he played great against Washington really great so yeah it's it, there's the good news is the Rangers have a high, like a lot of picks to play with for the draft. Um, you know, they they have you know Winnipeg's first unless it's a lottery, which it's not going to be. They have their own first, and they have three picks in the second. And if Tampa Bay wins the cup, they're going to have three picks in the first and two picks in the second. So uh, there's there's a lot to be excited about in terms of quantity. Uh, if if you're worried about missing out on quality, and right now the bottom line is with this the Rangers prospect pool. They should be just as interested in a lot of good prospects over one great one. And like getting three or four guys who can help would be really valuable. It's maybe not as valuable, obviously, as getting a Jack Hughes or a Capo Cacco, but something to be said about <laughs> Capo Cacco.
0: Sounds like a fake name. I love it. Capo Cacco. Capo Cacco. Oh, was yeah. that the end of your answer? Yeah. That was it. Yeah,
1: it, it's tough though. Like you said, I mean. I wanted just to kind of paint a, a broader picture, but you're absolutely right. Like the way you answered is, is the way I feel. It's we need to know what that pick is first, right? Like because it's it, before, yeah, before you can to that need, question. Yeah, how, we also need to know what the where these guys end up in terms of prospect ranks and what and what the consensus is on where kids should go and who's saying that and what their track record is like in projecting prospects. And you know, everyone likes to focus on a couple guys, especially Corey Prondman, I know. and like, but. The thing is, we we see it every fucking year. Players, well, every fucking year, Jesus. Every 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 year we see someone someone on that big board headed this into the draft will zoom up or zoom down. He'll just fall, 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 or you know, someone will have just like a shitty playoffs or something, and then it just changes the whole changes everyone's trajectory perception. of the whole. So yeah. here's
0: here's the reality for the Rangers right now. As things currently stand, the Rangers sit ninth in the NHL in tank rankings. Um, which is exactly where they were. No, they were eighth last year, I think, um, which gives them a 16% chance to move up into the top three, a 5% chance of that coveted first overall pick. If they, So they have 65 points right now. Say they slide down to sixth, which is at 63 points, so it's not an inconceivable drop. You're talking about a seven and a half percent chance at the top pick, but a twenty-three point three percent shot at the top three, and that's really the big difference. When you're talking about a one in five chance of getting a first, second, or third overall pick, granted, you you want to be one or two in this draft for sure, just because of uh, Kako and uh, and Hughes. But there's there's plenty of talent here and you want your pick of that talent and it's a two-pony draft for sure but there's a hell of a lot of talent behind them so just something to keep in mind but yeah those questions are difficult to answer when we don't know what the specific pick is actually going to be um br3tt how rangers is it Our to Star literally you proud of that yeah, Proud to interrupt I me made that, that joke before By the way, uh, Brett brought up a good point about our response brought, excuse me, brought up a good point about our response to the Harry Potter/ slash uh, force question. Sure. He said if you use the force and you stop somebody from breathing, they cannot use magic. And he is very correct.
1: There are inaudible spells.
0: If you if you just choke them out, there you can if you're a high enough level wizard. I don't think there are levels. It's yes. not a video game. I didn't claim it was a
1: video game. If you have a mastery of magic, you can uh, cast spells without the use of your voice.
0: Uh, it is. This is Dwarf Fortress all over again. No, this um, is...
1: I have proven that I have a greater knowledge of the Harry Potter universe than you do. You didn't know anything about this. And I did I just shamed you, and unfortunately, Brett as well. Brett, that was unintentional. I hope you know this is only wow. about...
0: No, 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 no. This is exactly what you should do. You should accost our listeners and the people who take the time out to answer questions. You proud of what you've done? I send out stickers. Are you proud of what you've said? You proud of the people you've hurt today, sir? Because I I'm On
1: reproach, I send out stickers. Uh,
0: how Rangers is it to literally invent a new way to lose a game? And he is discussing uh, Tr- Georgiev throwing his stick at Ovechkin in the shootout, uh, which the Rangers then lost because Ovechkin was awarded a goal. What I love about that was that the refs got together. Excuse me. The refs got together after they saw it, and they were like, "No, that was fine. Actually, that's that's fine." So, yeah, Michael.
1: It was fun. Any comment from you? It was fun to see see that happen. It's it's a lesser known rule. It's a lot a lot like uh, you know, you can't throw your stick on a if a guy has an empty net, you throw your stick. It's it's an automatic goal. If you trip a guy. And he has the empty net. It's an automatic goal. It's one of those rules. Um, you know, it's it's a penalty I think for a goalie otherwise. But in the shootout, I think it's just an auto goal. Uh, I know it's it's a quirky one, but it, when you watch it, yeah, that's that's exactly what Georgie did.
0: <laughs> he fucking threw his stick. So um, it was a boner move. I mean, I don't know why I said boner. It was a baller move. It Was not a uh, boner move. It was a baller move. No, well, those are different things. Well, boner move would be like stupid, which I guess it technically was. But baller, boner, it's the same thing. It was, Bill,
1: yeah. it was Bill a, a Eaton. goofy decision.
0: Go ahead. Hey, guys, love the show. With the Rangers at 43 roster spots, who are some undrafted NCAA players the Rangers should target? Has there been a change since Mike's insightful piece from a few months ago? Oh. See that? The viewers that you continue to accost, they speak highly of you. Mike, I'm going to let you take this one away because you are the logical one when it comes to this and the knowledgeable one.
1: Well, yeah, it's it definitely is uh, interesting. It comes down a lot to who stayed who stayed healthy, and I feel like uh, Hiroshi is still the guy who I think is worth the the longest look. I still think there's always going to be something. Uh, some there's just Bobo Carpenter and his relationship with Quinn. I feel like you know the, a lot of the guys who are on my list have been invited to camps before, um, and I feel like. You know Carpenter is one of those guys who I feel like he can have an AHL career uh, just you know in terms of what his game like and what sort of player he is Um, and the other thing that I think is really important to keep in mind is the Rangers are definitely in a situation where they they are adding a lot of prospects but they can also this is an organization that loves the idea of in-house competition especially among prospects and we see it a lot in training camps and uh, preseason games and things like that. So, those are two guys just off the top of my head uh, because Joe doesn't let us prepare for this show. Uh, those are the guys who I, I would t- I have to say. you It have makes to pay the, the most show better. To.
0: It makes it more organic. Okay. It makes it just more real. And because you can't feel that because you're sick and you're looking up just Harry Potter stuff, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to say. The show is brilliant because of us not knowing. I don't know Duzak. Like to me, you know, he's the guy who has <laughs> the. Uh, I'm just
1: ignoring your bullshit and trying to answer a good question. Uh, you brought has, it up. He has such an kind of inside lane in terms of the Islanders signing him, um, but he's definitely a guy who has those that offensive upside as a as a defender. Uh, I know he's a guy who has gotten a lot of attention because uh, of his. His upside and in and what he can do um but you know i think i pointed out in my article the uh joey mormina who's the assistant coach uh in hartford um actually coached uzak uh, in his freshman season at mercyhurst and you know mormina's a former nhl defenseman so further connection there you know former nhl defenseman coach and a kid uh i don't know you know, what uh, What exactly Zach has done really since my article. I haven't been able to look at his, his stats because I've been paying a lot more attention, frankly, to the, the Rangers' collegiate prospects like Morgan Barron and uh, Ke'Andre before he got hurt and a couple of goalies that the Rangers have in the AHL ranks. So uh, with that being said, Duzak's 5'10". You know, Hiroshi's small, and Bobo Carpenter has this, uh, this thing where, you know, maybe his skating isn't as good as it has to be. And that's kind of what you're going to deal with when we talk about these prospects. I mean, if you think... To they weren't Neil drafted Pionk, for a reason. Yeah, why wasn't Neil Pionk drafted? Well, he's five foot 5'10", uh, you know, and not the, not the most, you know, not the most complete defenseman. And that was kind of something that was known before. You know, why wasn't John Gilmore uh, drafted? Well, he's also small and, you know, actually he was drafted. He was, he went unsigned and then was signed by the Rangers after, uh, yeah, anyway. You get the idea. There's a couple guys who I think are definitely look-along look, and Hirose is the top of my list. And after that, I just think the guy who's like the most likely um, as someone who's at least gonna get an invite from the Rangers, if not someone else, is Carpenter, just because of the, the the Quinn connection. Uh, Duzak is that guy who I think, uh, if if the organization really feels like they want to add someone else on that blue line, and they should, uh, he's someone to really take a look at.
0: Just waiting to see if Mike is going to apologize for being mean to me. And it does not appear that he's going to be. Johnny Alou, do you think the Rangers should try and go big in the offseason and sign big-name players like Panarin and Carlson? Or should they stay the course with their own guys? Um, You could even talk me into the Rangers signing no one this offseason, just continuing the rebuild. Um, I generally side with... Take a guy like Panarin because you need talent, and it's so rare to get a superstar who's in his prime in free agency, but I wouldn't get Panarin and Carlson, and not just because Carlson neither has half I. an ankle. No, neither
1: would I. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you. I, I take Panarin no matter what it costs, really, because he is that good. And you need a superstar to win. And I also think there is something to be said about it can serve the rebuild in that you know you're not going to win the cup next year, even if you get Panarin. But you have Panarin there. It takes so much pressure off kids who are going to be in the lineup and who are going to be playing a role in this team. Because Panarin is going to be playing the toughest players on the other team every night. And that's part of the reason he's going to get paid the way he does. Um, furthermore, I'm definitely here for
0: Panarin setting up Mika's Benjad on the power play. That's, that's fine by me. Oh, he's so sick. Josh Zarkin, who is a new patron, by the way. So thank you, Josh.
1: Oh, thank you, Josh. Um,
0: Based on his recent plays, it's safe to assume D'Angelo is penciled in as a top 4D next year. I'm going to say, so long as there's no major changes (laughs) to the Rangers defense, yes. I'm going to say
1: anything is possible in terms of what we've seen from David Quinn, but I feel like D'Angelo has played such a high caliber. Of, of hockey like the quality of his game has been it's been remarkable and he's been consistent and it that goes beyond just the the point streak he's done what you want to see from a, a player of his skill set a player of his you know where his age is and everything else and considering how much ground he had to cover this season where he was battling uphill because of the log jam on that blue line i feel like he, he's he's definitely punched his ticket onto next year's roster in a significant role i would hope at least uh you know in a comfortable place on the top four um the thing that i wonder the most really which is you know kind of connected to this question is where the the organization the front office considers him compared to neil pionk because they're both right side defensemen they both have offensive upside they both had the opportunity on that first power play as we know joe and I mean, right now, I think we said this in the flagship, Pionk is just nowhere near D'Angelo in terms of having a more complete game and being a bigger impact player. It's D'Angelo by a mile. So, yeah, I think D'Angelo has earned that, but that doesn't mean that's what we're going to
0: see. Gray Market, scale of 1 to 10, how grateful are you that you don't have to play against Zuccarello in Dallas? Uh... I fully expected Fox in the Hound-level waterworks for that. What a relief. I'm going to say a 10 just because I don't have to see Zuccarello in another team's jersey. But by the same token, I desperately want Dallas to re-sign Zuccarello, especially now that it's become clear that he's uh, completely removed himself from the Rangers, according to reports. And there's a virtually 0% chance that he's going to come back to New York because I want that sweet, sweet 2020 first-round pick.
1: Uh, Yeah, just today... I looked over at Zook's Twitter, and it's still a picture of him and, uh,
0: you know, in his. That's uh, Sweet Blue Rangers jersey.
1: And, but under it is it's forward for the Dallas Stars. And the thing is, like, under the New York Rangers official Twitter account, he's still on the, the, the list for an active Ranger on Twitter, you know? Yeah. And, like, little things like that, it's still a pretty fresh wound. I'm not going to lie. Um,. For, I don't, I don't get too wrapped up emotionally in players as much as I did Root uh, a couple longer. of years ago, but I, holy hell do I, do I love Matt Zuccarello and I loved him in New York.
0: He was amazing. Yeah, that's a good, that's he's, a good thing he'll
1: always be, boy, always be our boy, Joe. Chris
0: O'Connor. After seeing Heedle's interview with Brooks, do you feel he's been good with how he's met? Man- do you feel he's been good with how he's managed benchings? Um... I don't know if this is in reference to Headel or Brook or Quinn but I will say that Headel made a point to say that he he saw what Quinn was talking about he kind of changed that part of his game and and Quinn saw enough of it that he got him back into the lineup sooner than he expected um So I I, I think Quinn listen we've and we said it on the Flagship show the mm-hmm. team has bought into Quinn and they have made it he's made it very clear what he wants and he's making his point known. So,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm answering this con- thinking that he's talking about Hedl and, and how he's right. I think it's it's great to see that level of maturity from a kid. Um, and I feel like Hedl has been, um, you know, Hedl in many ways has kind of become a darling prospect compared to Elias Anderson. And you know, there are many times this season when Hedl has kind of. You know, been invisible in games, and sometimes it had a lot to do with who the hell he was playing with. But other times, he was just kind of quiet. But every now and then, he'd show those flashes where, you know, he'd make a power move and use his wingspan, and you're just like, "Oh God, this kid! If he puts it together, it's going to be special." He's um, going to be and, great. And the way those guys become special is if they they push themselves and if they hold themselves accountable for bad games. And to see him at this age, you know, take that on the chin and and take it the right way and say like yeah you know i i can do better at this i can have a better work ethic i can bust my ass more in practice those are all good signs that's all good stuff to me and i definitely the other thing to keep in mind with that is would that moment happen if quinn didn't scratch him would he take it upon himself to really say i need to challenge myself here and that's why i think you know quinn has his own method of doing things and the real thing is it's really hard to tell like while it's happening what the development of players look like right we have a much better idea of oh you know they really screwed up the development of you know jamie lunmark or something you know not to say that he was going to be a world beater anyway but the idea of you know what what you expect out of players it's hard to tell what you're getting out of a kid while you're developing them it's easier to reflect and see the progress but with hedel it's it's a good sign that he took that the right way and shows maturity, like I said. It's it's. I, I can only see it as a positive.
0: Last question. Last question. Clem Fandango. Clem Fandango. Well, this is actually not the question. Um, I'm just going to answer one of his questions. He wanted to know if the Rangers are able to offer eight years to Panarin, like if they should try to get him the same way that Florida did with Yandel on the cheap. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You cannot give him eight years unless he's on the team by the trade deadline, which he... Was not so you could only get his negotiating rights and then I believe trade him or her son into a seven year deal. Last question for actual is Maddie B, who actually we discussed, we just discussed this on the flagship. There are folks who took issue with what Lemieux said to Domi. I believe he said he effed his sister. Um, we say fuck, but I guess it's, it's more rude in that context. Um, yeah, rude. Uh, During the Leafs game, where is the line? Or the Habs game, where is the line between what's set on the ice stays on the ice and what you say slash tweet slash post is now available for the world to absorb? Um, uh, This wasn't even... This didn't even get brought... Like, this, I'm sure, did not even register on Domi's, like, top ten things that most upset him during a chirp. Like, when we were kids... That that was, like, the go-to insult, right? It was, like, I banged your mom or I banged your sister or whatever it may be. Um, Maybe it, for it, you, you fucking heathen. It feels like hockey just kind of gets down to, like, a baseline of uh, just what can you do to piss somebody off. But um, I'm sure there are people that would be uncomfortable with that type of language. But, we like, I bet, <laughs> I bet if you could hear all the chirping that went on during an NHL game, you would be shocked. I, I don't even think this registers for me.
1: Is it a classy thing to do? No, no. but but is uh, like is it surprising? Not at all. Is it it, ha- it was worse said in that game that microphones didn't pick up. I would say probably.
0: Yeah, it's not over the line really in terms of tr- like you would never speak to another human that way really in any other context. Like
1: but. it's a it's it's ugly and and like unnecessary, right? But like how many times have microphones picked up homophobic slurs or how many times have we heard uh, you know, racist, uh, race, race, racist slurs, and like language that is bigoted, and things like that happen in a hockey rink. Like, those are the things I think we need to say. Like, this is fucking. That's way over the line. It's way too much. It's it's a toxic thing. This is just a guy who just he savors his role of just shitting in everyone's soup. That's all he wants to do all game is just piss off the other team. He loves doing it he's good at it and so he's gonna say every like i would imagine that sean, we could fill a book with things that sean avery said that were worse than this on the ice um it just so happens that this one had to be picked happened to be picked up and that it's being talked about this way like uh if if he was my brother or like uh my cousin and i heard him say that during a game i would i'd be like oh that's you know a lot of people are gonna think he's a piece of shit but you know, that's just that's all just perception I don't think he's hurting anyone necessarily by doing that it's it's just it's just a choice he makes because that's the sort of player he wants to be and that's the sort of player he is really he's filling his role
0: anything else you want to say Michael maybe an apology
1: you know what Joe I am sorry
0: well thank you I appreciate that I'm sorry too oh. uh thank you all for listening we're, we're gonna let Sweet, sweet Johnny Moore. Take this away. Bye-bye.